Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Chomp Up a Bit. This is episode number 68. I'm Kyle Edwards, of course, and you know, thank you for tuning in. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit special today. I'm going to give you two episodes. So this episode, we're going to talk about you know NFL playoffs as they do get started today. Three games today, so we'll go ahead and preview those. I'll give you winners as well. Well, at least I'll try to give you winners because if you did... You know, stick with me for the regular season, you know, had kind of a rough time picking them. So, but we'll see. Playoffs, I think, are a little different. You know, you kind of know what you have in these teams. So I'll go ahead and do that. But I will give you a second episode later today where I will talk about, you know, when uh, social issues, you know, crosses with sports and kind of the reaction and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that episode later on today. You know, we'll get more into that, of course, on that episode. But for this one, we're going to keep our focus on the NFL playoffs. So, like I said, we have three games going. Um, got the Colts Bills as the one o'clock game, and then Rams Seahawks four forty four forty five that uh, time frame, and then we have. The Bucks against the Washington football team as the nightcap. So, I guess we might as well just go ahead and take a look at the 1 o'clock game where we have the Colts and the Bills. So, just looking at the matchup right off the bat. I mean, the one thing that, you know, that would uh, stand, that does stand out in this matchup is you have a Colts defense, which for mo- for much of the year was probably like top five. And then they kind of slowly started, I guess, losing some of that, I don't know, intensity or whatever that they had early on in the season towards the middle of the year. And then late in the year, they had some uneven performances. So... You know, it's something to look for because Buffalo does come in with uh, Josh Allen, who, I mean, is it safe to say could be an MVP candidate? I mean, he probably probably won't win it, but I would not be surprised if he's in the conversation since he, you know, led a Buffalo team to a 13-3 record. They win the AFC East. Um he put up great numbers, you know, 37 touchdowns through the air. He had 10 interceptions. Not bad. That's what almost four to one touchdown interception ratio. He you know, is also a dual threat because he will make plays with his legs. So it's an interesting matchup. You know, we have 
Philip Rivers on the other side. Once again, I don't have to say this, but you know um, that I'm not the biggest Philip Rivers fan. And, you know, it's, yeah, you got to give him credit. He did help lead the Colts into the playoffs. Although I do think the Colts are built way more on the success of their running backs than on his arm. At this point, it's to the point where they like playing the um, time of possession game, get big chunks of yards on the ground, don't put too much responsibility and pressure on Phillip Rivers because he still has that tendency where late in the game, fourth quarter, when you need him to make a play, he can still have those interceptions that will just make you want to, I mean, just punch a wall or something. So... I guess the underlying aspect to this game is, you know, can the Bills handle, I guess, the pressure of coming into the playoffs as a top seed? You know, people are starting to kind of look at them as a Super Bowl, you know, maybe a a team that could crash the party, get into the Super Bowl, you know, knock off uh, Kansas City at some point in these playoffs. And, you know, as a team that hasn't had that much success yet, will they be able to handle that added pressure? Then for the Colts, you have Phillip Rivers, like I just said, and um, he's he's kind of, I mean, he's, he's, let's put it this way. He's on the, like, 18th hole of his football career. So is this something where... You know, maybe if he can get a win for Indy in this game, maybe he thinks about coming back next year. Or if he struggles, does he just turn it into, uh, I guess, retirement? Because I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm sure the Colts would probably love to have him back next year. I mean, he did bring them to the playoffs and all that. But, I don't know, interesting matchup. So... You have the Colts' passing defense where, I mean, they're going to have to have the difficult job of trying to cover, you know, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and, oh, man, who's their tight end? I think it's like Knox or something. And, you know, they got to look out for that. Plus, the Bills, I mean, they have a decent running game. So, if they, I mean, if they are able to get success on the ground with uh, Singletary. Singletary is kind of their lead back. So, if he can get good yardage on the ground, that just makes it that much easier for Buffalo. Because they'll be able to set up, you know, play action pass and all that kind of stuff. And Josh Allen is really good in that aspect. So... It's definitely, I mean, it's a great game to kick off the playoff lineup with. I mean, my first impressions are, like, I'm I'm thinking Buffalo's going to take this one. I know that they are currently, what is it, a six and a half point favorite. So I'm kind of thinking whether I should go with spread or just, with just winners for the playoffs 
I think playoffs will just do winners. We don't really won't worry about spread. So I'm just, I'm taking Buffalo in this one. Um, I would not be shocked if like going into the half, this game is a pretty close, evenly matched game. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the Bills kind of take it over and pull away late in the game, but. Yeah, I'm not expecting like a blowout or anything here. I do think the Colts are at least respectable. So, um, let's see what else do we have in this matchup. I guess let's talk a little bit more about the Colts. So, like I said, the Colts' running game is really their their biggest asset on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they come at they'll be coming at Buffalo with more than one because they have Naheem Hines who gets some touches you have Jonathan Taylor who will definitely get some touches as well so I think they have a third back that they use a little bit but I feel like those two will probably be the ones that you'll see the most and I mean Taylor had a very good year he did get hurt I think uh, middle of the season but he did come back, and he was an uh, instrumental part last couple of weeks where they really needed to get some wins. So I guess look out for the what Buffalo tries to do to stop Taylor in the backfield. Now the Bills, just another side note for the Bills, they do have a pretty good home field advantage, and... You know, luckily they will be able to have some fans in the stands. I mean, it's only going to be like like 7,000 fans, so not too much. But I will say that Buffalo crowd can make noise even with that small of a number. So it's probably not going to be a big deal for Indy's offense, but it's still something to look at. Um, let's see here. Oh, I did also say, so another aspect to this. Now, Diggs and Beasley are going to play. Diggs did have... Diggs and Beasley were a little nicked up, um, you know, like a couple weeks ago. But they should be good to go. I mean, it's the playoffs. Uh, If you're able to, you're going to play. But another thing. uh, Dable, who's the, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. This will be a good chance for him for some auditioning tape because he's looking to get one of these head coaching jobs that are available. I think think Dayball is the front runner for the Chargers job. So, I mean, Justin Herbert and guys out there, you know, pay close attention. You, this could be what your team may start looking like come next year. So, like I said, I'll take Buffalo in this matchup. I guess I could give a prediction on score. Um, I'm going to go with... Hmm, I think Buffalo will be able to put up some points. I'm going to go 20... No, I'll go 33-24 Buffalo. Yeah, that sounds about right. Alright, so now, next matchup. Uh, we have Rams and the Seahawks. So, 
this is one of those rare opportunities where two divisional teams will be able to face each other for the third time in the year. And, you know, a lot of times those do bring pretty good playoff games, you know. Each team definitely knows each other really well. Um, like I said, divisional rivals. So now the only thing with this matchup is I don't know if Jared Goff is going to play. I mean, if he does, I I would really question what he's going to look like. I'm looking here to see if he's expected to play or not. Apparently he's available. I mean, he did have surgery to repair his thumb. And it's the thumb and his throwing hand. Which... um, And, um... You know, if you're on your throwing hand, if you've ever thrown a football, your thumb is pretty important in terms of grip and able to throw a spiral and all that. So I can't imagine with a... Because he had a broken thumb, didn't he? And that was, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I don't know. But then you got to look at it. Is Goff at maybe mm, 75% better than John Wolford? Who's completely healthy, but... Um, I mean, he's, he's probably not playoff ready, so. I don't know. The Rams are in a real tough situation here. I mean, they're going against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the home team, as they did win that division. The Seahawks have had their own issues late in the year where offensively they have not been able to put up a lot of points. So for the Rams, do you go with Wolford, play the you know, short, quick passing game? try to get your run game to lead the offense play time of possession I mean if you get field goals fine because like I said Seattle has struggled offensively late in the year and then hope your defense can kind of carry you through this one give Goff maybe another week if you are able to pull it off give Goff another week to heal up That's that's a tough one there I have a feeling Walford's going to play. I cannot believe Goff could be ready in two weeks after a broken thumb. I don't know. But um, but one thing that they do get is their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, will be back. That's a big deal because no matter which one of them plays, left tackle is going to be very important. That's your blind side. So, I mean, you get an all-pro guy like Whitworth over there. That's great. Uh, Cooper Cup will be back for the Rams. He missed last week because he was on the COVID list. That's a big deal. I mean, the offense is just, it's not the same without Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is your stereotypical slot guy who, you know, can do it all. He's like, you know, like Julian Edelman, uh, Wes Welker back in the day, Cole Beasley, like for the Bills. Cooper Cups, that guy. Um, Plus, he's in there. He takes pressure off of Robert Woods in the passing game. So, um, 
like I said, like I was just talking about with the Rams defense, um, the defense was actually, in a lot of statistical categories, number one. Uh, they were the number one pass defense. Big deal with Seattle. Because Seattle, for the most part, can't get a consistent running game down. So it's going to be important for you know Jalen Ramsey and those guys in the back end. Plus Aaron Donald's ability to put pressure on quarterbacks. Although Russell Wilson is a mobile quarterback and is very smart with you know how much time he spends in the pocket. So it's going to be tough for Donald to get to him and get a clean shot on him. But if they can just put pressure on Wilson and make him you know get rid of the ball earlier than he wants to, that's definitely a win for Los Angeles on that side. Uh, but like I said, the back end, they got the cover. You know, DK Metcalf, who's coming to his own become a top wide receiver in this league and we all know he's I mean if you're looking at him he's like built like a kind of built like a strong safety or something and he's playing wide receiver it's it's crazy you still have Tyler Lockett who's he's kind of I mean in, in tough situations Russell Wilson will tend to look to Tyler Lockett only because the two of them have been there a little bit longer and they have more of a connection in the passing game so expect Jalen Ramsey to be on DK Metcalf we saw that a couple weeks ago it was must see TV so definitely we'll see more of that today um, so that game that was a couple weeks ago where the Seahawks ended up actually losing when I think Walford was the quarterback the only touchdown was to Jacob Hollis there. So, I mean, he's a able tight end, I guess, but he doesn't really factor too much into it. But, um, but, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I would rather see golf play because you do want to see both teams at full strength, but I don't know. But, I mean, just coming into it really quickly, uh, Rosa Wilson, 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Even with the struggles late in the season, I still think Russell Wilson should be in the MVP conversation. We'll have to see. And like I said, Goff, Goff's numbers weren't that great this year. 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But, like I said, he's definitely going to give – he's – out of him and Walford, he's the best chance for him to win. Um, I mean, both teams aren't really that great offensively, which is weird. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Seahawks coming to this as... How does this work? There was like 20... 20- How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Three points a game. Rams only average like 20. Yikes. Once again, with three matchups between divisional rivals, I'm not expecting high scoring game here. So uh, let's see. My pick, my pick. This is a tough one. Out of the three games today, I think this is going to be the toughest one to pick. Because instinctively, I want to just go with the Seahawks because you guys know much of the year I do rate up Russell Wilson a lot. But I have seen Seattle struggle when I don't think they should. You know what? I'll, I'll go Seahawks on this one. It's a three-point spread. Like I said, I'm not picking spreads, but if I were, I would take Seahawks at minus three. Yeah, maybe the Seahawks in this one. Oh, man, I really feel iffy about that one. But yeah, I'll go ahead with the Seahawks. And then the final game, the Bucks and uh, Washington football team. Now, this game, just on paper, seems like the easiest one to predict. I mean, the Bucks come in nine-point favorite. And, you know, Washington, they've had their issues all year. They have struggled to find the right quarterback to play. You know, they, they, I mean, they are with Alex Smith, but I think they really wanted it to be Haskins. Haskins showed he wasn't mature enough. He's now gone from the team. Quick side note, he's visiting with the Panthers, so... Maybe he becomes Teddy Bridgewater's backup next year. I don't know. We'll have to see. But the the storyline here is Chase Young, who you know came out. It's been very vocal about it. He said he wants Tampa Bay. He wants to get a shot at Tom Brady. Most times, I would say because you know being a Patriots fan, I've seen this play out where a guy calls out Tom Brady. And then they end up becoming a non-factor once the game starts. But with Chase Young, I think he has to be this way in order for Washington to have a shot. Because the best part of Washington's team, whether it's defensive or offense, is that defensive line with him and Montez Sweat being able to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I got to tell you, that's the only way Washington is going to have a shot in this game, I think. Now, I do trust Alex Smith to make the right decision offensively. I just hope, you know, Rivera and that staff doesn't play it ultra conservative and make it easy on Tampa Bay. Because, I mean, I want Alex Smith looking for McLaurin downfield and stuff like that. I don't want to turn into, you know, run first down, run second down. Short pass on third down. Hope you get a first down. If you don't, 
punt it away and just go, eh, at least we didn't turn the ball over. No. Washington is coming into this game. They're playing with house money. Nobody believes they should have a shot in this game. I mean, that was going to be the case for any NFC East team. But, hey, they won the division. You know, despite all that talk from... Uh, we'll talk about Doug Peterson and all that with the way they handled it, but whatever. Washington is in. Once you get in, crazier things have happened. I mean, we saw it was the Panthers some years ago came into the playoffs like seven, eight and one, won a playoff game. The Seahawks won the division. Remember with Beast Mode, they were seven and nine won a playoff game so it can be done uh, I do think Rivera is good enough to get this team and you know build them up and get them ready for this challenge because let's face it defensively you have to deal with Brady who uh, had a great year you know for was he 43 he threw 40 touchdowns 12 interceptions that's a great year for any quarterback, much less a 43-year-old guy. You still have to deal with um, Mike Evans, who, I mean, I got to admit, when I saw him was it limp off a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was a serious knee injury, but it seems like he could very well play today. But even past Mike Evans, you have... Antonio Brown, you have Scott Miller, you got Gronk, you have Ronald Jones in the backfield. So there's a lot for Washington to deal with. Um, I, I mean, if I were Washington, I would probably force Tampa to try to run the ball all day on me and hope that Young and sweating those guys up front can maybe you know, close up those holes for the running game and then have your secondary and all that kind of rush to the ball and make gang tackles. Just just make it tougher on Brady. Don't, you know, put a bunch of guys in the box, give them the opportunity to throw over the top to Evans and Brown and guys like Godwin. I even mentioned Godwin. Guys like that. You know, play... You know, play your nickel packages and your dime packages. Try to close up a lot of those short passes. And and then just, like I said, hope Young and Sweat can get to Brady and make him uncomfortable back there. We all know the blueprint. You have to rush Brady up the middle. Uh, bring the pocket back into his body. Don't let him step up and, you know, you know fire the ball. You do want him moving side to side in the pocket. He is good at it. But if you make him have to sprint to kind of get out of pressure, then you can kind of get him in trouble. But, you know, it's the same Brady that we've seen the last few years. You give him time back there. You give him a clean pocket. He will dissect any defense. And and he'll put up points. So, it's going to be tough for Washington. Like I said, Alex Smith, who's had a crazy journey back to being the starter. We saw it. It was a year ago or a couple of years ago when he had that really tough leg injury. 
Most people thought his career was over at that point, but give it up to him. He did the rehab. He did all that. He came back. You know, he, I mean, he had six touchdowns, eight interceptions, nothing to write home about, write home about, but the fact that he did make it back has to give the team a, an, a chance that they think that they might be able to win. I mean, out of the options they have, he's definitely the best that they have. So, I mean, I want to, I want to pick the upset here. Like, what sports fan doesn't want to pick the underdog? You know, because I will give it to Washington. They have pieces that can be dangerous. Like I said, McLaurin from the outside is a top wide receiver in the league. Antonio Gibson in the backfield, young running back. He can make plays. It's just defensively is where I worry about him. I mean, with a spread of like nine for Tampa Bay, I'm picking Tampa Bay here to win it. Now, you know, the interesting thing going into the playoffs is, you know, everybody's waiting for that. Brady so like I said I'm taking Tampa Bay here so the three winners I'm picking Tampa Bay I'm taking the Seahawks and I'm taking the Bills um, although Seahawks Rams I can go either way on that one but I'm taking the Seahawks in that matchup so now kind of looking at the overall playoff picture um, you know based on how the games go today and tomorrow but just looking at the playoff field, like there's some dream matchups I would love to see. Some of them you are getting, well, my first round, I guess the two most intriguing matchups of the first round are Seahawks Rams in the NFC, Browns Steelers again in the AFC for the third time. But, you know, you have uh, Titans Ravens. That's going to be incredible to see how many rushing yards get put up in that game Um, Saints Bears you have a situation where can Trubisky Magic pull a rabbit out of his hat and knock off the top team in the NFC where there's definitely questions about Drew Brees Um, let's see the matchup tomorrow like I said Steelers Browns you have Another matchup where it's the third time they're facing each other. You have the Browns' first time in the playoffs in 18 years. How crazy is that going to be for that team? The Steelers have a lot of issues coming in. Don't know what you'll get out of Roethlisberger in the playoffs. So, but you know, I'll review those three tomorrow, of course. Because, um, like I said, another triple header tomorrow. Another 1 o'clock, 4 45, and 8 15 game. So we'll get into those three matchups then, but I guess a question for you guys to put in the comments on, uh, or if you're not following the show on Twitter, you should definitely let me know there. I guess what are your dream uh, Super Bowl matchups out of this playoff field? And I can quickly tell you, mine's are. I wouldn't. It would be interesting to see. If the Bucks got to the Super Bowl against like the Chiefs, 
you know, Mahomes and that offense versus Brady and the Bucks in that offense. That's that's probably what the league would love to see. May I should do that real quickly? Yeah, let's do that real quickly. The playoff matchups that the NFL would prefer to see and the ones that they are dreading might happen based off of this playoff picture. So I think Bucks Chiefs would probably be number one. I think Packers Chiefs would probably be number two. You know, Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Who wouldn't want to see that? Um, I could see Saints, Colts, Breeze, Rivers, two older guys. Um, hey, Bills, Bucks. Josh Allen going up against Brady. Former uh, divisional foes now going up against each other where you have the old of the AFC East and Brady versus the new guy in the AFC East, Josh Allen. That'd be interesting. Um, Maybe Ravens, Ravens Seahawks, Lamar Jackson versus Russell Wilson. Sign me up for that one. I feel like the Titans. I don't know who would be the dream matchup with the Titans. Maybe like Titans Bears? Khalil Mack, Derrick Henry. Imagine that. Hand off to Derrick Henry. Running up the middle. Khalil Mack shows up. What happens there? No. Um, Browns. Browns, Rams, Goff, Mayfield, um, Jarvis Landry, Robert Woods. Mm. I don't know. Steelers, Bucks, Roethlisberger, Brady. So the uh, matches are endless. Um, I do think it's going to be an interesting playoff field. But um, oh, I guess I could give you my Super Bowl pick real quickly. Um, I mean, of course, once we get to the actual championship games, then you'll whatever. But my first glimpse of the playoff picture, I'm going. Oh man, pardon me. Th- thinks it's gonna be like Chiefs Bucks because I do think of the Bucks alright so here's the scenarios here so if the Bucks win the Bucks are the 5 seed so they would need like the Bears or the Rams to upset the uh, Saints and the Seahawks. That way, the Bucks can avoid the Packers until the NFC title game, which I think would probably give the Bucks a better shot at Green Bay. Um, and trust me, that's what the NFL wants. The NFL would love to see Bucks Packers in the NFC title game as opposed to the second round of the playoffs. 
because I didn't even bring that up. There's a matchup that never got to see in a Super Bowl, uh, Rodgers versus Brady. And I feel like in this year, it'd be wasted to see that in the second round. So definitely had need to see that in the NFC title game for a shot at the Super Bowl. That'd be crazy to see that. And you kind of, well, the AFC side is a little different because I feel like no matter who the Chiefs meet meet in the AFC title game, it's probably going to be a tough team. The, the AFC field is definitely better than the NFC field, I got to say. But, you know. But, um, but yeah, so there we go. Those are the three matchups for today. Then me kind of rambling on about the playoff picture there for a little bit. But um, just to recap once again, three winners for today. Um, taking, what was it, the Bucks, the Seahawks, and the Bills. Then, like I said, tomorrow. Go ahead and take a look at the three games for tomorrow. Try to pick winners for those games as well. And then, what else? Oh, yeah. So, once again, look out for the second episode today. And, once again, talking about when social issues crosses the line into sports and how that's all received. So, stay tuned for that one. It's going to be a really good episode. But, um, thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this one. Um, if you're new, I mean, hope you you know come back and listen to some more. Definitely the second episode today you should listen to, but you can go back to listen to some of the previous ones. Uh, do search for the show. I mean, if you're listening to it now, clearly you know how to find the show, but go back and look at some previous episodes before tonight's episode. And... Um, you know, follow the show on Facebook, Chomping at the Bit. We got a Facebook page. You know, you can like it whenever new episodes pop up. You can get them from there. You can interact with me on there as well. Same thing over on Twitter, at Chomping Podcast. You know, give me a follow over there. I put up uh, polls pretty regularly on Twitter. So, chance for you to give me your opinion as well. And, um... Yeah, wherever you are listening, once again, hit the subscribe button. Definitely help out a lot. I know someone let you leave a review. You can do that as well. But um, thanks again. Be safe out there. God bless, of course. And i uh, catch you later on today, like I said, with another episode. All right. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.